Here's an interesting question. When did it become an insult to call somebody a kanoi? Yeah, it's true. Uh, kanoi in the, the Torah is only used, and Torah literature is only used as a good thing. It became an insult. Now, first, before, I, I will answer this to you. There is a historical point in time when this happened, and there is a reason why it happened and who made it happen. Now, obviously, it's not really an insult. It's just used that way. And it was Taka made to be that way on purpose. It's, it didn't happen random. But, it, you know, it's like calling somebody fanatic. Uh, I'll tell you a story. Many years ago, I was, it was Sukkis. I was with my Schwer in South Fallsburg. It was, uh, we went there for Sukkis, and it was my Schwer, one of my brother-in-laws, and a guest we had in the Sukkah. The women ate inside. Small Sukkah, it was. The guest, he mamish was an accidental guest. His car broke down. He ended up in Fallsburg. We found him in Shul, Leil Yomtev. Mamish a real hachnosos orchem thing. He mamish needed a place to stay. So my shver is talking to him, and he says to him, "What do you do? I, I learn in yeshiva. Which yeshiva?" He says, "Why you?" So my shver points to himself. He says, "Me too." And he asks this this man, uh, this uh, bocha, "Who's your rebbe?" And he said, "Rabbi Lifshitz." meaning Reb David Lifshitz. And my shver asks him, uh, do you like him? So the guy says, yeah, he's a very good Rebbe, but he's the biggest fanatic in the yeshiva. So my shver gets upset, and he gives a little bang on a table. He says, it's not true. I'm the biggest fanatic in the yeshiva. I'm a much bigger fanatic than him. He's not a fanatic at all. I'm the biggest fanatic in the yeshiva. He's not the biggest fanatic in the yeshiva. And I, I rather told this story over to David Lifshitz. He used to daven in my shul sometimes. He had a son-in-law that lived here. Son-in-law didn't daven here, but when David Lifshitz came to the neighborhood, he used to come to our shul. And I would walk him home after the davening back to his uh, daughter's house. And I told him the story. So he tells me, your schwer was right. Anyway, being a fanatic, that that's, depends how it's used and depends what you mean. But the word kanoi, obviously, is not an insult. However, it, it's, it's mamish used that way, and there's, there's a reason for it. But before I explain how this happened, uh, I must say that the word, the way it's used nowadays, sai, if somebody wants to mean it as an insult, and sai, uh, if he wants to mean it as a compliment, is it's not really... Uh, used in the way that it's meant in Torah literature. If you kill somebody, then you're a kanoi like Pinchas. If you just make a macho, then you're just a Yehudi like Mordechai. Uh, making a macho doesn't make somebody a kanoi. It makes somebody a regular Jew. It's a regular, we have halachas, a regular mitzvah. In fact, the Ramban says, the Ramban in Parshas Kisavoy, on the Pasuk, Ora Shala Yokum, as Divrei Torah Hazois, he brings from the Yushalmi, that the Pesach is talking about the Chiv to be uh, to make to be make him the Torah uh, when there are people who are being mavatlit, and he says that even if a person is a tzaddik gomor, and he could be machzik the Torah biyad harishoyim that are mavatlit are being mavatlit, he's cursed, he's or, which means this mitzvah is a regular mitzvah. But uh, the Ramban is saying that it's more chomer than a regular mitzvah. Like the Gemara says in Saita, that there are many uh, brochus and klolos on the Indian of Arevus, on the Chiv of Arevus, and being moicha comes from Arevus. And even not just being moicha, it's a posuk. Uh, 
And Bisman Hazeh, anybody who's Makayim the Torah in these halachas is called a Kanoi. And that's not really what it means. It's a colloquialism. And actually, that's part of what happened. So here's the story. I have in front of me the Sefer Zichrein Yaakov from Rabbi Yaakov Lifshitz. He was the secretary of Rabbi Yitzchak Elchonon. Very extremely interesting book. A lot of history in there. Highly recommended. And by the way, I know Rav Vigda Miller made uh, good use of it. So he has a section over here about uh, Zionism and also the Maskilim. And we all know, and he writes this, that Zionism came uh, from the Maskilim. Zionism was Plan B. Plan A was Haskola slash assimilation. And the way it worked is like this. They, after the emancipation and the enlightenment, there was an opportunity for Jews to have equal rights, meaning anti-Semitism people thought would end or may end. What would it take for anti-Semitism to end? How would Jews get equal rights? Well, the answer is if you change the Jews and you make them more like Goyim, assimilation or Haskola, let them have better manners, gemitlichkeit, um, let them be more like the Germans, let them speak better German or foreign languages, let them dress like Goyim, let them be more civilized. Then they'll be treated with equal rights. That was the idea of Maskilim and many of the assimilationists. We're not talking even about people now that when I say assimilationist to marry Goyim, I'm not even talking about them. There were those that figured, okay, if we're not religious, we'll have equal rights. I'm talking about even the people that said to get from Jews equal rights, this is what the from Jews need to do. So Rabbi Yaakov Lifshitz is writing uh, about how, first of all, it was wrong Alpi Svara, and it's wrong Alpi Torah. It was wrong Alpi Svara because he said the Indians in America, he says the black slaves in America were freed not because they suddenly became civilized, because that was the whole idea of equal rights, that no matter who you are, you're entitled to freedom. And the, the whole idea is, has nothing to do with who you are. It has to do with the fact that you're a human being. So that was a mistake altogether that we need. Secondly, he says that the Yidden anyway, well, they weren't civilized. That, that was like an anti-Semitic thing, that no, the Jews were very well-mannered. There were certain nimusim, certain cultural mores that, that they had different than the Goyim, granted, but uh, very, very little. They were certainly very well-behaved in, in ways that are the most important, much, well, much more better-behaved than the people around them. This had nothing to do with anything. It was a, it was a wrong cheshben, but listen to this. Oh, and by the way, that's, that's what, when that didn't work, when, when did it not work? He brings, same thing, you all know this, 1881, started the pogroms in Russia. And he says 1881, then they saw it was a mistake. Zionism was plan B, um, which is the same, same underlying principle. Okay, it's not that Jews have to become more well-mannered and speak a Goyesha language. We have to become a nationality like all the Goyim have nationalities. And then... 
will be normal also. But the, it's the same underlying principle. Make the Jews more like the Goyim, either as individuals, as their Goyish neighbors, that was the Haskell idea, or no, as their neighboring nations. We'll also be a nation. We'll have the same things they do. We'll normalize ourselves, and then anti-Semitism will end. That's what Herzl wrote on the last page of his book. As soon as Zionism gets off the ground, the anti-Semitism will end. It's the same underlying principle. And both are, by the way, Kfir and Hashem's Hashgocha, because anti-Semitism will not end, cannot end, through political means. If you think that by becoming less from, more like the Goyim, or more like the nations, never mind now, never mind now the Yisurim involved Be'etzem with Zionism, but if you think that this is going to help Klal Yisrael as a whole, it's Kfir and Hashem's Hashgocha. Never, but the same underlying principle. But listen to what he writes. Rabbi Yisrael Chonan, he says like this, I'm sorry, uh, Rabbi Yisrael Chonan, Rabbi Yaakov Lifshitz, Rabbi Yisrael Chonan secretary. Eilu shekinu es atzmon b'shem shoich reidas kaviochel. Loi rotzu lahaker ho-emes, ha-boro, she-ha-sinhak, they didn't want to recognize the truth that this, this doesn't help. Instead, they believe that this is the, the pathway to equal rights and to ending uh, problems with anti-Semitism. And therefore, since Haskola was the key to Jewish safety and Jewish equality, therefore, anybody that opposed this Haskola, it was considered by these people as if they would reduce as if they would minimize the human stature of the Jews, and it's like they're endangering the life of the nation. Therefore, they would be roidif, they would attack anybody that would oppose Haskola because they're putting, the, they're putting the Jews in danger. Does this sound familiar? They're putting Jews in danger because the, the, the key to Jewish safety is Haskola. And if you're against Haskola, you are right if you're putting Jews in danger. Any means, by any means, are kosher and mutter to uh, be oiker this person from the world. And as Rabbonim, the Rabbonim, that were against Haskola, Kinu B'Shem Proyim V'Kanoyim. They called these Rabbonim Proyim, wild people, savages, and Kanoyim. Ah, oh, those Rabbonim, they're not like us. They're the, the ultra-Orthodox, they're Kanoyim. This is where it started. This is where Kanoyim started becoming an insult, right here with the Haskola, because the whole idea of the Haskola was the and Proyim, wild people, Vilda mentioned, the whole idea was Haskalah is going to save Klal Yisrael, and it's a safety of the Jews depended upon being more like the Goyim, and those people that were against it, ah, they're Kanoyim, they're wild, of course, and, and I would imagine that the idea behind, yeah, they're going to kill us, they're like Pinchas, they kill, we're civilized people, we don't do that. So from this time on, It became an insult. 
Es rabonim kinu b'shem peroyim v'kanoyim es mafitzei Torah ha'alivu ki lefi daitom ha'Torah ha'mitzvus ha'friu ba'ad ha'asher ha'mukin v'ha'omiru mitzapel ezakus es am Yisrael b'shivus chuyos because according to them these rabonim stood in between they were going to destroy the the equality the opportunity that Jews had to live like normal human beings. And this idea uh, that uh, the people that want to defend the Torah against Haskalah, against being more like the Goyim, the wild people, that's where it started. And Ad Hayyim Hazet still remains. Because plan A was Haskalah, that didn't work. He says this over here. Uh, this is, this is, you don't need him for this, but this is, this is basic history. Plan B was Zionism, that didn't work. 1881 started, they started seeing the mistake, Zionism was there. The exact same thing that he says happened to the Rabbonim or anybody that would dare oppose the Haskola, the exact same thing, anybody who dare oppose Zionism, oh, you're endangering the Jews, dare oppose it, you're endangering the Jews. Uh, this is the, the safety of the Jews depends on, Zionism depends on Israel. It's the exact, Mamish, it's the exact same song being sung, just in a different generation.